Hey, this is Pastor Aaron Pino. I'm the pastor of Overflow Church, and I want to take a moment to thank you for listening to our podcast. It's my prayer that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps develop you into spiritual maturity. Enjoy the message. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's get into the Word. 2,488 years after God created Adam, stood a man by the name of Moses. I want to say Moses or Moshi or called out one who uh, had taken a rebellious people out of a place called Egypt. He had already taken them through the Red Sea, taken them to a place called Mara, where bitter water was. He had taken them to um, a place where uh, the Amalekites tried to destroy them. He'd taken them through so many wars, and he gets to this place uh, in the book of Numbers, chapter 20, called Kadesh. Please say Kadesh. While he's in this place, he's going through a tumultuous situation. He's thinking about giving up and thinking about quitting. And the Bible says in the book of Numbers chapter 20, I'll read this, but you should read it for yourself as well. Numbers chapter 20, verse 6, uh, it says that they came to a place where the people started complaining. The same people that he just brought out of bondage started complaining. It says that they wanted to kill him because everything ran out while they were in the wilderness. The grapes ran out, the pomegranates ran out, the food ran out, the water ran out. And the same man that had blessed them is now their enemy. The same man that had brought them out is now they're trying to curse him. And so Moses is like, what, what do I do? Numbers chapter 20 verse 6 says, Moses and Aaron turned away from the people and went to the entrance of the tabernacle where they fell on their face down to the ground. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord said to Moses, you and Aaron must take the staff. Someone say staff. Take the staff and assemble the entire community together and watch the people or as the people watch, speak to the rock over there and I will pour out its water. You will provide enough water for the rock from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. So Moses did as he was told. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. And then Aaron summoned the people and came and they came together at the rock. And then Moses says, listen, you rebels. And he shouted, must we bring water from this rock? And then Moses raised his hand. And I want to pause right there. The Bible says Moses raised his hand with a staff in his hand. And the scripture says, as opposed to speaking to the rock like God told him, Moses tapped the rock. Not once, but he tapped the rock twice. And as Moses has his hand on the staff in a form of disobedience to the God that told him to speak and not tap, I wonder what Moses was thinking. He's probably thinking, I'm tired of carrying this staff. Because I remember, God, when you told me in Exodus chapter 3 to lead these people, and I told you that I did not want to lead these people. I told you they wouldn't believe that you sent me. And you asked me the question, what is in your hand? And I said, Lord, a staff. You told me to throw the staff on the ground, and it turned into a snake. And then you said to grab the snake by its tail, and then it turned back into a staff. I'm tired of carrying this staff. 
Maybe he's thinking about in Exodus chapter 7 when he took the same staff and he threw it down before Pharaoh and it turned into a snake. And Pharaoh still wouldn't let the people go. I'm tired of holding this staff. Maybe he's thinking about in Exodus chapter 8. When he told him to take the same staff and, and, and put it in the sand and, and, and then lice came out over Pharaoh's whole country and, and, and Pharaoh still wouldn't let the people go. I'm tired of holding this staff. Maybe he's thinking about the ninth chapter when he told him to stick the staff in the air. And then the Bible says thundering and lightning happened uh, more so than had ever been in the earth up to that time. And then hell began to come down on the people. But, but Pharaoh still wouldn't let the people go. I'm tired of these people and holding this staff. Maybe he's thinking about the 17th chapter when the Bible says that the same people that he'd been warring over, the people that had been complaining uh, he told them, uh, the Amalekites are about to destroy you, but if Moses holds up his staff, as long as the staff is up, you'll win the war. And Moses held that staff up, and the Bible says because of Moses' staff, the sun wouldn't even go down until the children of Israel got the victory. Maybe he's tired of holding his staff. The Bible says in the book of uh, Numbers chapter 17, it says that, that, that the same people that he had won wars for, they begin to complain again. The scripture says that this guy named Korah rose up. See, a lot of times it's not really about the people giving the pastors a problem. It's, it's usually the people who help the pastor that give the pastor a problem. See, as a pastor, you go forth as a shepherd, not a herdsman. A pastor leads from the front, not from the back. But the problem with the pastor leading is sometimes you have these sheepdog that help the pastor lead. If you're from Texas, you know about agricultural stuff. These sheepdog that help the pastor lead. And if the pastor's not watching correctly, sometimes a sheepdog will bite the sheep. And you'll look back and there's blood on the mouth of the sheepdog because they've bitten, bitten the sheep. Maybe he's thinking about... The 17th chapter when Korah and 250 men came to Moses and told Moses, why do you think you should be the one leading this church? We hear from God too. And the Bible says that God began to kill 250 of them because they came against Moses. The next chapter says that they had staffs too. Ask the person next to you, do you have a staff too? Do you have a staff too? They had staffs too. But God says, I'm going I'm to separate. I'm going to set some people got some bold staffs in their church as well. But he says, I'm going to separate you from the others. Get Aaron's staff and take Aaron's staff and put it before my presence. Write his name on the staff and I'll show who the true leader is of this three million people coming out of bondage. And the Bible says when they wrote Aaron's name on the staff, his staff was the only staff that grew a flower out of it. But Moses now is probably tired of carrying this staff. So God says, speak to the rock. But Moses strikes the rock. I'm tired of leading. I'm tired of living saved. It's been 40 years I've been dealing with these people. You rebels! And then the next passage says, but the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land that I'm giving them. 
I want to talk to some people today who's striking what you should be speaking to. I need for you to understand that it was never about your trial, but it was always about God revealing his love to you in the middle of your test. When they came out of the land of Egypt, the Bible says that they came through the Red Sea. And I don't know if you read your Bible correctly, but the Bible says that those walls conjugated. The walls actually uh, became solid and they walked over on dry land. And this is the part that gets me. The Bible says that a, a pillar of fire was going behind them at that time and God's eyes were in the fire. God needs you to know that not only are you going through something and it seems hard, but I'm actually in the fire with you. My eyes are in the fire with you. My eyes are in your poverty with you. My eyes is in the sickness with you. And not only am I with you, but I'm about to bring you out. Hallelujah. The Bible says that it came from there to a place called Meribah and the waters were bitter. And God says, take some wood and throw it in the water and the waters became sweet. God needs you to know that, yes, the water is, it is bitter, but I need you to know that I'm the wood inside of the water. You're going through some things, but I'm in that thing with you. Someone say, God is in it with me. But I want to know something, you all. I, I want to know, why did Moses, why did Moses strike that rock? One of the reasons Moses struck the rock, watch this, is because in the middle of his conflict, he resorted to his character flaw that he never let God deal with. Moses had an anger problem. How do I know? Because he killed an Egyptian at the age of 40. How do I know? Because in Genesis 32, he broke the commandments when he was mad. How do I know? Because in this passage, he's, he's mad. So Moses allowed a character flaw to slip into his now. Here's a statement for you. Let God, let God deal with your character flaws now because the character flaw that you don't deal with in this season will be the killer of your next season. I'll say that again. Let the Lord deal with your character flaws now. Someone say now. Because the character flaw that you don't deal with in this season will be what kills you in the next. Why did Moses strike that rock? Moses struck the rock because he got too familiar with how God used to move. Oh, Overflow Church, I need you to know something. This is not something that has happened in the past. God says, now I'm going to do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Now it shall come to pass. Overflow Church is a church not like any other church. Miracles, signs, and wonders, and the paranormal, and the supernatural is going to break forth. And it won't be like your old ministry, like your old church, like your mama's church, like your daddy's church. God is about to do something new in your life, and he's going to do something that he's never done before. God has taken you somewhere he's never taken you before. God wants to do a new thing. When he turned water into wine, he only did it once. Why? Because he wants to do a new thing. When he brought water out of a jawbone of a donkey, he only did it once. Why? Because he wants to do a new thing. When he made a blind man see with spice spitting on his eyes once, he's going to do a new thing. Someone say, God's about to do a new thing. I need you to push the person next to you. Push them and say, new, something new, something new, something new. Why did Moses strike that rock? <laughs> Don't expect God to do what he did for you in the past. Always expect greater. Someone say greater. greater. Don't get too familiar with, with, with how God used to work. Point number three, Moses let something get in his heart against God because of people. And if you're not careful, those of you who are called to lead one day, you cannot allow 
the people, to cause something to get in, uh, in your heart against God because uh, the people never placed you where you're supposed to be. God did. You understand that? Never allow the people to place something in your heart against God. Holy Ghost, help me to say this the way I want to say this. I, I do need for you to know that the same, uh, the same God, yes, Lord, the same God that brought you out is hurt by you doing what the people did to you. Are you listening to me? The same God that brought you out, he needs you to know, I don't need you to reflect your pain of the people on me. Someone say, this is not that. Here's another statement for you. Never allow the dysfunction of others to distort your view of God. But why was God disappointed in Moses? Why was God disappointed in Moses? Here's some interesting things I want you to know. Now, you probably have never heard this before in your life. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But it was something special about that rock, Pastor Everett. That rock, the Bible says that that rock, watch this, traveled with them for 40 years. I didn't get one amen because you don't believe it. Have you ever heard that before? The Bible says that that rock traveled with them for 40 years. Let me speak to y'all in this Presbyterian church. The Bible says, turn with me to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 1. I'll read it if you don't have it. He says, I don't want you to forget this. Dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago, all of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them. And all of them walked through the sea on dry ground in the cloud in the middle of the sea. And all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food and all of them drank from the same spiritual water. For they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them. But the deep part about that, it says they drank from the spiritual rock that was with them. But here's why God got upset with him. It says that rock was Christ. One of the reasons why God got angry with Moses for striking the rock is because Moses crucified Christ before his time. Be careful that you're not speaking or you're not striking what you should be speaking into. God is trying to develop your prophetic articulation and give you power to speak and not to strike. I want to talk to some rowdy people under the sound of my voice. Some people that wanted to choke slam somebody. God sent me here from Texas to tell you he doesn't want you to strike it. He wants you to speak to it. Why? Because Christ is living on the inside of people that he's trying to raise up and you're striking what you are supposed to be speaking to. Tell somebody, speak to the rock, speak to the rock, speak to the rock. Why was God upset with him? Because he was crucifying Christ before his time. The rock that was with him the whole time. A lot of times Jesus is with you the entire time. But you thought he was just a rock. But Jesus says, Lord, I'm with you always. Even to the end of the age, Moses was emotionally invested in the people's ungratefulness more than he was invested in God. God told me one time when I was worshiping, one thing I love about Sarah Schreiber and her worship team, we have a Friday, uh, every third Friday we have a worship service. And one day I was in the worship service and I was worshiping and all of a sudden it was like I was in the room but not in the room. And I saw thousands of angels 
And then I saw Jesus. I think I'm going to share a story with you guys about how when I, when I actually saw the real Jesus. But, but this particular time, I saw Jesus, right, during this worship service. And I looked for a name on Jesus. I didn't see Lily of the Valley or Rose of Sharon. I didn't see Bright and Morning Star. I didn't see Alpha and Omega. I didn't see he who is, who was, and who is to come. You know what I saw? I saw a name, but the name that I saw was Jealous. And he said, my name is jealous. And that's actually in the passages. Exodus 34, 14 says this. You must worship no other gods for the Lord whose name, whose very name is jealous. Is a God who is jealous over his relationship with you. God is jealous when you complain about knucklehead people more than you worship him. Has your trial become your idol? That causes you to strike what you should be speaking to. If we actually give a testimony, is your testimony about the things that the devil did? Has your child become your, your idol? Or is your testimony the living Jesus? I'm about to wrap this up. In conclusion, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, here's how God wants us to be when we come to situations where we're tested. Situations that we want to strike some stuff as, as opposed to speaking into some stuff. Here's what God wants us to do. And I need to minister to you, Aaron, on some things. But here's what God wants us to do. Isaiah chapter 43 says this. But now, thus says the Lord. I'm going to read this in King James language. But now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel. Fear not. Someone say, fear not. For I have redeemed you, and I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you go through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame even touch you. God wants you to know that, yes, a trial may come, but it won't touch you. Yes, the waters may come, but they won't drown you. Yes, situations will come, but you won't be taken down. Why? Because I'm in the middle of the fire with you. All that I want you to do is when you see the giants coming, open up your big mouth and begin to speak. It shall not come to pass. Debt, it shall not come to pass. Poverty, it shall not come to pass. Sickness, it shall not come to pass. Suicide, it shall not come to pass. It won't, it won't, it won't. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment shall be condemned. This is a heritage of the servants of the Lord. It shall not come to, I don't know who I'm talking to in this place today, but God wants you to open up your mouth and begin to declare who you are begin to say it shall not work it shall not succeed it shall not come to pass why because God is in the middle of the fire with me she shall not die from COVID. She shall not die from a heart attack. She shall not die from a disease. She shall not, my ministry shall not die. My song shall not die. My relationship shall not die. My word shall not die. My prophecy shall not die. I don't know what, who I'm talking to today, but Las Vegas shall not die. This shall be the city that God causes life to come through. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I believe that revival is about to break forth in the city in this place of Las Vegas, it shall not. I'm about to prophesy to some people under the sound of my voice. Your children shall not die. 
Your cousin shall not die. Your business plan shall not die. Your health shall not fail you. All you have to do is open up your mouth and say what God says. God says that you're the lender and not the borrower. God says you're on top and not beneath. God says that you're blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Blessed when you come. Blessed when you go. Blessed, blessed, blessed is who you are. And say it shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus. Somebody on the organ. Somebody on the organ. Somebody on the organ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you need to title this message, I don't know, just stick something on it. Say this staff, this staff, this staff. Someone on the organ, please. Hallelujah. Yeah. So I'm used to supernatural miracle signs and wonders breaking out. And, um, I get excited when I'm in that atmosphere. One day, I'll tell you about something before I minister to you guys. One day, I told you the Lord says to pour oil. Sometimes he just uses me like that. He says, pour oil in, uh, and do an oil change with people. And one lady was in a service just like this. Her name is Teresa. And uh, I took the oil and I poured it on her. In her mouth. And I said, God said that in this service, people are going to be released from addictions. And this lady was hooked on methamphetamines. Marquita, you were in, in that service, right? She was hooked on methamphetamine. She came up to the front, uh, poured the oil in her mouth, just a little small bit. She falls on the ground and she starts convulsing. And demons begin to come out of her body. And then her nose started bleeding. And I was like, oh, man, we in trouble now, Lord. Her nose is bleeding. She begins to go through it. All these demonic spirits begin to come out of her body. And when she came to, she says, Pastor, you don't understand. She said, the reason why my nose is bleeding is because I was born with a deformed nose. And in the service, it broke in place and healed. Someone say miracles, signs, and wonders. To that day, that lady is still drug-free and healed and in the ministry right now. I'm just used to miracles breaking out. I have this staff today because, Pastor, if we're not careful, I never use the word rod. There's a difference between a staff and a rod. The Bible says that, or history says that a staff is what a shepherd uses to guide the sheep but a rod is what a shepherd uses to break the legs of the sheep or to beat something sometimes you do not not in in the natural but sometimes you do have to break the legs of the sheep but the bible says your rod and your staff they comfort me i anything that is alive or was alive can receive spirit Remember that anything that is alive or was alive can receive spirit. Things that were never alive, they they can't receive spirit. But a piece of cloth, like the Bible says that uh, Paul took handkerchiefs and put it on his body. And the the Holy Ghost transferred on on the cloth and it healed everybody that touched it. I'm I'm about to extend this staff out. Oh my God. And when I extend the staff out, God is about to begin to part Red Seas. 
impossible situation. I need you to get in your mind what situation is impossible. What is the situation that's literally impossible? When I stretch this staff out, the Holy Spirit is going to begin to move. Hallelujah. And, and remove impossible situations. Someone say, have your way, God. God. Lift your hands, please. There he is right there. Lift your hands. Oh, God. When I stretch the staff out, just sense the presence of God in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I command every Red Sea to begin to part now. I command every impossible situation to begin to part now. Every demonic spirit of hindrance that's holding the children of God back from walking into the promised land. Woo! Every curse that had been released over the people of God by virtue of me extending this staff, I command all sicknesses and all diseases and all mind battles and all mind-binding spirits and all demons of depression and oppression and all witchcraft to break in Jesus' name. Whew. There it is right there. Break, 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 break. Loose in the name of Jesus. Just receive it, just receive it, just receive it. Mind battles are breaking right now. Some of you have been hearing voices speak to you. It breaks now. God is about to save somebody $10,000 from going to counselors and therapists because of voices break now. In the name of Jesus. How many feel the presence of, wave your hands if you feel the presence of God. Wave your hands. I want to call a few things out. I'm going to call a few things out the Lord told me that was in the room. Continue to pray. Continue to pray, please. Hallelujah. Thanks for joining us and listening to this week's podcast. I want to give a special thanks to those who generously give to the ministry. It's because of your generosity that this ministry is made possible. If you would like to give, you can click the link in the show notes or go to overflowchurch.co slash give. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe and share this with your friends. And listen, if you're in the Las Vegas area, we would love to see you at one of our weekend services. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.